You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. You're listening to special programming brought to you by itswhereiam.com. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Zandra Pollard. Good morning. Welcome to It's Where I Am. You know, I don't know if you missed last week's show or not. It's where I am.com. The conversation I had with Madison Gully. She and I talked about having sex and how healthy it is for your relationship. But today, we're talking about real love versus reality tv love what's the real deal what should we be you know is this the model for us is looking at reality tv going to help us with our relationship what's the difference you know now we have social media people are dating online thank the lord above i never had to because I don't know how I would navigate that. You know, I do enjoy watching reality TV. And I love when people are falling in love or just the idea of falling in love. Because I reflect back on, you know, how I fell in love with my man. But, you know, there's people out there who are struggling, who are still searching for that real love. And so today... I have a special guest who's been on before, and that is Louisa Eiler. She is a clinical social worker, and she is also a marriage facilitator and relationship expert. Welcome to the show, Louisa. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's so great to have you on again. So, honey child, please explain to us what we should be looking for when dating. You know, we look at reality TV all the time and we say, oh, you know, I want to find love like that. Like, let's say The Bachelor, right? But it doesn't always happen that way. And that's not always the model for us. So give us some tips and pointers. What is real love versus reality TV love? Well, those are very good questions because sometimes we get confused. But when you think about really searching for love and a compatible partner, you hopefully can find those two things in the Mm -hmm. same person. Uh, A lot of times that's difficult. (laughs) But I think it, it genuinely comes down to compatibility. You know, compatibility is that key factor Uh, to any successful and long-lasting relationship. And that compatibility includes your values, your interests, your goals, and your lifestyle. Because if you're not compatible, let's just face it, even though you might have great chemistry, that true compatibility has to become 
you know, the primary motivator for the yes. relationship to continue. And I, and I, and I say that with, there's, there's a couple of really great examples I like to use. One is, you know, um, oil and vinegar <laughs> is delicious and it's really spicy when you shake yes. it up and it goes together. But if you, but if you let that sit on the shelf for That's a while, right. it's going to separate. Great analogy. Right. But if you have, let but if you say you have like chocolate syrup and vanilla ice cream and you put that together and you stir it all up, it is right. not coming apart. You know, so it's just it's this example of, you know, when you truly get together, mm-hmm. does it work? And, you know, there's this stuff like on online dating. I was reading an article today about when should you meet or how long is too long to wait before you meet in person? And what if you spend all this time talking, mm-hmm. and you're not compatible, you know? It, it's, I kind of like the one night stand that turns into like a two day date turns into I'm still there after the weekend because it, it, it's given you a chance to meet in an unexpected situation and then to observe each other in your natural environment and then really see what someone's like in their own world because it's really easy to have this fantasy vacation style relationship where you go out to dinner all the time or you're going to amusement parks or you're going to paint and sips or mm-hmm. all of these different things. But it's really that dulce far niente, that sweetness of doing nothing. And when you find that person that you want to do nothing with, that means you can do everything with them. Well, don't be like me. I don't want to do nothing all the time. So <laughs> take me out. Well, I mean... Yes, obviously. But when you're happy and content with, you know, minimal, you know, inputs needed and you just genuinely care for that person and you truly are compatible, you know, you'll be able to make something out of nothing, right? Because people think they have to have um, these glamorous dinners or these fancy shows. And while those things are great, you know, entertainment factors for relationship, most people couldn't sustain that day in and day out right. for years and years and years. One, in today's society, it's not just, it's not really affordable for the right. average dating couple. And then two, it's just, it's exhausting, you know, going day after okay. day after day. But what can we learn from you know, um, reality TV? What are some lessons we can learn from there? Because, you know, even though we're seeing, you know, they're doing all of this great stuff all the time and we want to do it too, you know, what, what is our takeaway from watching this stuff? Well, I think a couple of takeaways. That are positive. Are this. Number one, <laughs> we have to really be, yeah, we have to be able to, the first, the first and foremost, you have to be able to differentiate between entertainment mm-hmm. versus reality, right? So when you're looking at dating shows like The Bachelor or Love Island, that type of stuff is created for entertainment purposes. And, you know, while the contestants might genuinely be looking for love, a lot of the format of these shows still involves scripted or heavily edited content to create the drama and the suspense. And so what happens is a lot of the times the stuff you see on TV doesn't accurately represent real life dating. You know, sometimes real life dating feels like that fifth inning stretch when it just like goes on and on and on. Are we still dating? Are we exclusive? Are we taking it to the next level? So it's it's not always these high intensity moments. Well, there's one that I really like, um, and it's it involves getting married without knowing the other person. I'll say that. <laughs> Are you not gonna yeah, like the, the like the instant fiance yeah. or the instant groom or you yeah. know Yeah, uh, and what I like about that is that they have relationship experts 
that put them together. So they don't mm-hmm. have to go through all of the, you know, are we really compatible kind of thing. So that seems more realistic. You know I'm sorry. That seems more, show. you know, real to me. If I could have that, if I could have someone to, you know, match make me with the perfect person. Those shows do have limited success. But I will tell you, the only limitation is that sometimes people truly don't know themselves. And so when they're answering those questions that the experts are asking, what's happening is they're telling the experts what they think the experts want to hear, or they're projecting an ideal Mm -hmm. version of their self that's not really true. And so I often think that those shows could be enhanced a little bit or even improved by instead of only asking the person that's going to potentially be the spouse, but to ask their friends and ask their witnesses to make sure that what they're saying is really true. You know, what I, what I would love in, in Louisa's expert dating fantasy, uh, fantasy world is kind of like LinkedIn. If dating sites could give you endorsements from past people you've dated, or that you had to actually verify that you dated that person. Because then it would truly become legit because right now it's all like, you know, mm-hmm. self-reporting, you know, it, it's a, it's this very convoluted thing as a therapist. Um, you know, I, I've had my, my fill of online dating, even for my own personal self. And I would say after a time, I would start reading men's online dating profiles. And I started responding to them like, you know, dear lonely and yonkers, you know, while your profile seems appealing, do you realize you're sending off this message? I'm sure I'm not the one for you, but let me help you fix your profile. Well, but I would imagine, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Real... I was just going to say a lot of times it's your real right. versus pretend self. And a lot of times people want to date, but then if you look at your own self, it's like, would I date well, me? Well, I would date me. You have to be honest. <laughs> well, maybe now this version of yourself is reformed and eloquent and has had years of experience and has kind of, you know, molded yourself into this, you know, good, authentic, you know, confident, oh, capable wow. version you, of girl. yourself. But a lot of, yeah, because, you know, as a, as a therapist, this, this is what I get from a lot of couples, married and dating. Oh, I just don't feel like I have any intimacy with my husband, you know, like, or my, my, my wife or my partner, yeah. you know, or my lover. And what, what people don't realize is if you go back to like this Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the foundational needs that people have are food, clothing, water, shelter, sleep, sex, homeostasis, excretion, stuff like that. The second level of that pyramid is safety, security, employment, health. And then the third level is love, Mm -hmm. intimacy, and belonging. If you're still worrying about how you're paying your bills and your job is shaky and you're not taking good care of yourself and you're not sleeping good, guess what? You're only having sex. That's not really intimacy because until you're safe, it's difficult to be really intimate. Very good. Mm -hmm. And people miss that all the time, you know, and if you're worried about your bank account or you're worried about, you know, losing your job or you're worried about somebody's even in your family or your, your friend circle that might be really ill or your children depend on you heavily and you're, and you're still struggling to figure out how you're going to meet ends meet, a lot of the times your instincts are just that. They're just primal. And, and you're, not, you're not comfortable and relaxed enough to truly experience that full throttle of intimacy. And, and when you get to that level, you know, sometimes you can bypass it and you can, you know, train with the karma suture or chain with, you know, uh, you know different 
deep breathing rhythmic so that you can get yourself to a place of safety, maybe in the four walls of a hotel uh-huh. room where there's no distraction. There's not a dog barking. There's not the washing machine. So you can create this mm-hmm. pseudo safety, but it's not sustainable unless you always have to remove yourself from situations or from your home life to get those moments where you can have these brief. And what and I understand from that is the sex therapy session we had last week, which that is called maintenance sex. (laughs) That's what I learned. Maintenance sex. It is important, but you know, you want to have more than just the maintenance sex. You want to have that intimacy like you're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And truly when you're able to care for yourself and you know that if something happened to you, your partner could care for you and vice versa. That takes that intimacy right. to a whole nother level because you know that the person you're with mm-hmm. is for you, not is for you or is yours, but they are 100% in your corner. They're your cheerleader. They're your champion. You know, they want your life to be good just as much as you want your life to be good. And when you find that, you know it. They're, they're, you're never second guessing that. It feels good. There, there's, there's no obstacles. You're not questioning it. You know, it, it, it's just as right. And conversely, with reality TV shows, what happens is you have, first of all, a limited selection, right. right? So in these reality TV shows, they only have these people to choose from. So it narrows the pool. It creates mm-hmm. a safe boundary, right? In the real world, right. you can have anyone you want. You know, and then also in reality TV shows, there's this pressure to perform, you know, so often they're creating quicker connections, you know, for the sake of the show's narrative and the decisions get rushed. And so they're somewhat artificial versus authentic relationships. And then also there's public exposure and then there's true success stories Mm -hmm. versus reality. You know, I think what's fascinating is, you know, how these reality shows have different influences on expectations. And I think, you know, that's what happens. You know, people tend to get infatuated with the, um, the influence that can happen that doesn't necessarily align with what real relationships are like. You know, a lot of times uh, the guys out there, you know, they're so opposed to watching these relationship reality TV shows. But you'll find that they'll watch them, too. Just be quiet. They'll sit there and watch it, too. You know, and my thought, Mm -hmm. when I can get my husband to pretend like he doesn't, you know, when he stops pretending like he doesn't want to watch it, is to take some tips (laughs) about some of the romance that's going on. So that's my little takeaway with my partner. Because I'm not dating, you know. But, you know, you still want to mm-hmm. always date while you're married. That's super important. Yes. And, you know, what dating, what dating does is dating in a way gives you goals because it's like, hey, tonight on our date, we're going to go out to dinner. So whether you realize it or not, that act of going out to dinner, that's the goal for today or that's the goal for the date. Too many times in relationships, especially even after you're married, is you know, the goals become, oh, we got to put the trash out, oh, we got to go to the grocery store, instead of, you know, having, you know, interests outside of the right. homemaking uh, duties, you know, because we have, we have to remember, you know, to sustain a relationship, you know, you have to have also the compatibility and the life goals, 
and resilience because life is going to be full of ups and downs. Like things are going to happen in each of your life that are going to, you know, take away from um, kind of like this idealistic life you have because real life, you know, has consequences and, and love and death and, right. and things that happen within that. But within that, you know, you have to remember that you're before you were a wife or a, a husband or a partner or a lover, you were a woman or you were a man or you were this, you know, this creature who had unique needs and people forget that you have to take the best care of yourself in order for you to be the best lover for your partner. It is so simple. Quit taking your home, your work home. That's number one. Don't take your work home mm-hmm. and go out and get that manny yeah. and petty or, you know, have that intimate massage with one another. Go out on your date and have nice dinner. Mm-hmm. And like Madison said, have sex before the date. Yeah, sex before, yeah. sex and after. I would also say a lot of, yeah, I think, you know, too many times people have gotten hung up on the Steve Harvey mentality, which is, you know, act like a man, think like a woman, or think like a man, act like a woman. It, it, this concept of uh-huh. like 30 I days, didn't. Right? <laughs> so. So, you know, as a five-time guest on the Steve Harvey show, and he did an excellent job on trying to find me a husband, although I eventually found my Oh, wait, because you worked with Steve Harvey, um, right? I forgot about that. I, Steve Harvey made it his uh, life's work to find me a husband. I was on one of his very first shows in Chicago, and I was on one of his very last shows in Chicago before oh. he moved to the West Coast. And they sent me on lots of dates. They introduced me to lots of people. But what I found out along the way was until I fell in love That's with right. myself, I was not capable of being able to give the love and create the love that I had within yes. myself and give it away. I was looking for someone to else do to it give for the you. love to me. Yep. To, to do me something you need to do on your but, own. Right. And so then when you, when you truly learn to love yourself, you're better able to love others. But what I can say is, as a clinical therapist, now these things that I've really learned, you know, through, through refereed research and then also from thousands of clients over a 15 year career is that you have to be able to know what you need and to be able to realize that if you're waiting 30 days for the sake of waiting 30 days and then you're already attached to someone and then you might not be compatible in an intimate way then you, you're kind of stuck because it's like, oh, I really like this person, but this doesn't do it for me. Or conversely, you've gotten attached to someone who mm-hmm. might not be good for you because you spent all this time waiting and getting to know them. And then you know you might have you know obligations or shared experience or, or things that have come up that are going to keep you together because now you've created an attachment because you've spent so much, so much of the 30 days with them that you know you can still be a self-respecting woman or man and have an intimate encounter with someone that doesn't make you a bad person, that doesn't make you less self-respecting. I read a really good book recently called The Ethical Slut, <laughs> and it's really about the art of being able to ask I for what you title. want. I love the title. Okay, go on. And so it really talks about this pleasure principle that there's no reason why you can't be satisfied and be kind of a huntress and, and, and know what you need in life to satisfy you and then decide later if there's longer term capability. It doesn't always have to be the cart before the horse where you're building up mm-hmm. to this long term relationship. 
awesome encounters that you have. And then you probably, I would think someone like that would feel obligated to be with the other person. No way. Well, and that's it. Sometimes people do. They think that if you have an intimate encounter with someone that, oh, now now you should be a couple because the Bible says that, you know, that that's what you're supposed to do. Find a partner and, you know, procreate and live happily ever after. Or, that you know, your, your family or your peer groups might say, oh, like, how could you, like, just be casually dating mm-hmm. or have these casual encounters? Well, this is how you figure things out. Didn't you have a couple of first-time jobs before you got right. that real job that you had? Didn't you, like, take a few classes before you got your degree? I think it's this whole idea of we can't be ashamed um, of activities that we do that are helping us mm-hmm. learn more about ourselves. You know, people always say to me, I'm like, oh, what's your favorite vacation spot or what's your favorite drink? Or in, in the context of, you know, this conversation, what's your favorite <laughs> sexual position? <laughs> My answer is going to be, I hope I haven't found it yet. Right. This is this whole idea that, you know, we're, we should be always on these quests to keep to keep going on this personal growth and experience new things about ourselves, because if we just keep putting our life on repeat, yes. that's all it's going to be. It's going to be new actors oh, in the wow. same episode of our life over and over how again. <laughs> yeah. How so, oh, go ahead. You know, I think, no, no, go ahead. It, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, one thing that's, trending kind of right now in this uh, bachelorette bachelor phase is this idea that now they have the golden bachelor. And I don't know if you've taken a look at this dude, but he is 71 years old and he looks kind of like Bradley Cooper in a way. Like he is a good looking man, but he does 71. not look 71. I didn't know what that was. The and golden these- bachelor. So uh, someone in there in later in life, an old person. Okay. He's later in life, but yeah, but he is good looking. He first of all, he doesn't look seventy one. And when you look at all the women and their mixed races, mixed cultures, all all the bachelorettes mm-hmm. that they've chosen for him, and these women, if their ages are all fifty and up, and let me tell you, if you take a look at that website, these women are beautiful. They they look like these. I guess you know fifty, sixty, seventy is the new forty. I mean, these women have taken impeccable care of themselves but when you read their bios and their stories of their loves of their losses of the children some of them are grandmothers it's so authentic and it really brings this real world kind of like gravitas to this show because you know not everybody can just watch 20 somethings that are just a different version of this 90210 mentality (laughs) this great life this great job (laughs) (laughs) that's not real life right so um these people in their golden years you know like you said they've been around the block they've been married before they've not been single i hope this bachelor hasn't been single for 71 years no if you read it he has a beautiful story um he had lost his wife i think in 2017 um and just kind of been Mm -hmm. been single since then but he had you know beautiful marriage for a number of years uh and it's a really telling story because when you think about truly what makes this show so special is there's something in life called the Erickson stages of development. And it talks about how at a certain ages that we should embody different, you know, uh, themes throughout our life. You know, when you're, when you're young, you, you're trying to figure out hope and then it's will and then it's purpose and then it's competence and then it's fidelity and then it's okay. love and then it's care. But by the time you get to these golden mm-hmm. years over 55, and for some people it's a little younger, but generally speaking, it you should have, you'll either be in a state of despair or you will be in a state of wisdom, meaning you either will have feel that you lived a life of integrity or you will mm. have regrets. And what's really beautiful in, in these stories now is 
you know, because of the ages of the contestants and the participants, you know, the show is filled with wisdom and, and it's just got this beauty to it that could not be delivered by the 20, 30, and even 40-somethings that we're still trying to figure out love and care. So they have a new demographic they can suck into the idea of love. There you go. So, Louisa, <laughs> yeah. before I let you go, I want you to tell us what you've been up to, what you're doing, and any information you'd like to give our listeners. Well, uh, I recently got Congratulations. engaged in Las Vegas uh, at the end of August. Thank you. And let me say, mm-hmm. I love Las Vegas. You know, what a beautiful city. You know, you can go to, to these shows, you know, every night of the week. The Bellagio, no matter how long it's been there, it never disappoints. The skyline, the high roller, the sunsets, and let's not forget the sphere, like this amazing thing now. Um, so thank you uh, for, for sharing Las Vegas with me. I think the first time I came there for an extended time, you know, was for you. Um, so I, I'm newly engaged. I'm working on my doctorate okay. in grief counseling. Um, and, you know, I'm planning a wedding and I'm, I'm probably going to do something non-traditional and have a right. sunrise wedding. You know, and uh, I'm really looking forward to the next chapter in my life. Uh, I, I do feel like I was always the bridesmaid, never a bride. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm really anxious to come back to you, you know, uh, you know, six months or a year from now and say, these are the things that I've learned okay. in the first year of marriage. And I think that uh, to, to the listeners who are listening, thinking that I may never find someone or, you know, I will just say this. I was down and out, had been through the trenches of love, had my purple heart and heartbreak. And one night I went to a concert. In my pajamas, because my friends dragged me out of bed to come there, oh, and wow. I met my now fiancé in my pajamas <laughs> at a concert. So for those of you listening, you will find love, and love will find you when you least expect it. So just live your best life and take the best care of yourself, and truly the rest Beautiful. will work itself Beautiful. Well out. said. Well, I want to thank everyone out there for tuning in to 91.5 Jazz and More. It's Where I Am is on every Saturday at 7.30 a.m. And if you've missed any portion of this radio show, you can go to itswhereiam.com. So I'll talk to you all next week and have a great day. So now we're going to listen to a little bit of Bill Weathers' Lovely Day. Sunlight hurts my eyes And something without warning love Bears heavy on my mind Then I look at you And the world's alright with me Just one look at you And I know it's gonna be
impossible to face When someone else instead of me Always seems to know the way Then I look at you And the world's all right with me Just one look at you And I know it's gone I know it's gonna be 